0: Hello and welcome to our call to care, the podcast. Your
1: business has a soul, has real people and genuine people who who care. Saying I want to, you're you're making yourself vulnerable. We're unique and we're unique in the way that we care for human connection. It's so frightening, isn't it? The thought of being entirely alone. It's so unprotected, it feels like it's where the worst things can happen.
0: Let's get straight into it. In this episode, we're going to explore the core idea that's at the centre of our purpose, to care for human connection. And to help us do that, I spoke to Augusta.
1: I'm Augusta Annesley and I'm a psychotherapist.
0: Augusta's also a lecturer, and her field, her everyday practice, is to explore how we relate to each other as humans. So what does that mean to you? What does human connection mean with your experience?
1: I think it's really, I think it's the most complicated thing for human beings. I think it is the single most difficult experience of being. How we are with each other. How... We move through the world in, with this sense of connectedness or not connectedness, unconnectedness, yeah. um, and I think it's impacted by all our relational experiences. But that ultimately we are, from the moment we're born, in a state of of connection. Really? Yeah. Before I do. we even
0: understand or can rationalise the world. Yes. Because babies, there's this thing, isn't there, where babies' senses are, they haven't divided up yet. That They say that touch and sight and sound and smell haven't like found their own individual paths yet. So even at that stage, the earliest moment that we've all had, there's a sense of being connected or wanting to be connected. I think it's to
1: do with this sort of drive towards connection, something about and also that how we expect so there's there's a was a uh, theorist called Donald Winnicott who talked about the he talks about the mother but the kind of the parents holding of a of a baby it's about not just the physical holding but the metaphorical holding that allows a baby to um integrate and then uh and then move out of integration, not into disintegration, hmm. but into this state of n- things not being held together. And that part of the job of the parent is is to do that holding, to allow that movement between these unintegrated parts into integration and then out again, but safely. And it's a and it's again it's a relational experience. It begins in this kind of dyadic system.
0: Dyadic system?
1: The d- two people. It, re- okay. it requires an other.
0: OK. I'm going to wait for that helicopter to go over. And while I waited for the helicopter to pass, a question came to mind that I didn't know I wanted to ask until that moment in time. And what is it that happens when we have that sense of connection what what how does it change us i mean yeah how does it change us
1: so I, that's an interesting question because there's something for me there's something when i'm thinking about that now there's something about an embodied sense of something that there's that the um that The world feels less chaotic or less frightening or there's there's yeah. a sense of um not aloneness mm-hmm. and I think that we that part of the kind of um, experience of being is this strange paradox between being always kind of in relationship there's always people there and also having the sense of being alone. Mm. No one else can quite get inside, but there's a feeling of when you feel met. You know, if you go to a party and you meet somebody and you just get each other immediately. It's a sort of extraordinary. There's something mm. that, that, um, it's very life-enhancing, I think. Mm. It's exciting. Mm. The The feeling of being more than just yourself. Yeah. You exist wide, in a wider way.
0: Yeah. So the opposite of being connected is to be alone. Thinking back on the podcast we've done so far, thinking about mental well-being, the elderly in care homes, being homeless, being a refugee, a woman who feels unsafe in her own home, an addict on the journey towards recovery. So many of the people we've spoken to and heard about so many of the people who support the most vulnerable people in society have emphasised this idea of making sure people don't feel alone. So why is it that being alone feels like such a bad thing?
1: Oh, it's, I mean, my goodness, it's so frightening, isn't it? The thought of being entirely alone. It's so unprotected. It feels like it's where the worst things can happen. Mm. And it's when you, when you talk about liking to be alone. You know, people say, "Oh, I love to have time on my own." Or mm. I feel like that can only exist if you have the experience, the knowing of not alone. Yeah, not alone exists at the other side of the door, or at the other side. You know, whatever it is, it's some, it's there. Mm. And
0: there's an implication as well that you can choose for it to end.
1: Yeah. But if you are entirely alone, then it's so vulnerable.
0: Mm. And when you feel a human connection, is it not vulnerable? What does it do to vulnerability?
1: Maybe it's something really basic around survival. I don't know. Because actually one of the ways of connecting is through vulnerability, isn't it? There's something about if you can show vulnerability, somebody else can connect to that. Yeah. And often I think that is where we connect yeah. as human beings. Yeah. But it's also everyone's frightened of it in some way. Yeah. So it's often difficult to find a place to be allowed to be that. And I think that can be isolating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Isolating, yeah, that's the other. And
1: cool. I'm wondering also whether if you are somebody who is, you know, experiencing addiction or mental health issues or mm. any of these things, where somehow your vulnerability is worn so openly. Yeah. What you're doing is saying to everybody else, "Look, this is where this is what it's like being human." And there's something about I don't want to see that. That brings up something in me that's too painful mm. and then there's loneliness connected to that or isolation connected to that sort of rejection of that vulnerability it's we have a complicated relationship with that I
0: think. yeah by this time in the conversation the idea of human connection just felt so so important so my next question was how do we make it happen so in your work then Your job is partly to create a sense of connection, Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess as well a, a space of safety.
1: Yes.
0: Where I could feel, where I can be vulnerable but safe. Yes. How do you invite a connection? with someone who may have really good reason for not wanting to do that or or may be afraid of doing it or worried about doing it or anxious about doing it? How do you invite human connection?
1: So I think in the therapy room there's something about somebody stepping towards, aren't they? They're leaning in by wanting to come to therapy. There's a brilliant quote which is that people come to therapy saying they want help or want to change and then spend the rest of the time in therapy resisting it. But, the, but the, there's all sorts of things that enable it. So there's something about the safety is created in, to some degree by the frame, by the, you know, we meet at the same time on the same day, the issues around confidentiality. These are the rules. Mm. We know where we are. As a therapist, you have to hold the boundary. If you can't hold a boundary, you're not safe. So we end on time. We do, You know, these things are maintained as a kind of m- manifest and uh, uh, um, symbolic element to that. Okay. But within the relationship, what you're doing is trying to, first of all, trying to, how I do it, I don't know how everybody does it, and I can't know how everybody no. does it. But one of the things that I do, and I'm sure other people do, is when somebody tells me a story, I'm picturing it. So I feel like when my clients tell me about their family or about anything, I'm seeing it all. I have the, the sort of visuals of it. And because of that, I have responses to it. So I have my own uh, responses to that. And there's something about utilising the my embodied sense of what's going on to create connection, to be able to... Um, be beside the client's experience mm. but also something about being really explicit about what's going on between us you know i notice that when you know that you're when when you come into the room it's hard for you to look at me mm. i notice that when and i think that being seen being heard those things being made explicit this kind of strange meta relationship um creates connection because it somebody's being hopefully met Mm.
0: back to that word
1: back to that word yeah so there is something about how you use the impact of the other on you to create a connection with them
0: that's really interesting so actually in a way for people who aren't therapists actually to Pay attention <laughs> to notice and to be with the little things that are happening for you
1: yeah.
0: and sharing them.
1: Yeah.
0: Invites well, doesn't just invite it, just it speaks to the connection that's happening. Yeah. It names it, puts it in the air. Because that's what doesn't happen most of the time. That's isn't
1: exactly. It? I mean, this is, I always think the absolute gift of this job is that you can be with the process. You know, what's it like to be with you here? Rather than how we spend most of our life, which is this sort of strange, where we don't say anything <laughs> about, you know, those, about things. <laughs> those things. None of it. And, and one of the things about therapy that's also really a gift is that um, we, we can really say what we mean. You know, when, when you come into the... You know, I notice myself feeling really defensive when you come in and I'm wondering what's going on here. We can look at that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the sort of ordinary experience is dodging around, not knowing what the f- is going on, yeah. what the hell is going on, yeah. you know.
0: And to deal with it ourselves. Yeah. To, to, to think quietly to ourselves, God, she makes me feel defensive or... Yeah. God, he makes me feel... Excited or whatever it is.
1: Or does everyone hate me? I've been such an idiot. Or those feelings of shame that we can have. You know, all of those things we experience in relationship that are really tricky.
0: Yeah, and we we don't put them out there. And therefore, we're not actually connecting at all, are we? We're we're operating in two spheres.
1: Yeah, and defending.
0: And defending, yeah. 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 Do you think it's something that... Because some people find this... Easier than others, right? Just instinctively. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's something that can be learnt?
1: I don't think it's instinctive. I think we... Oh, we. I think we learn how to be with each other through experience. And I think that some people's experience shows them that they have to hide or keep away from or hide parts of themselves... I think that some people's experience allows them to feel safe enough to be close, all of those things. So yes, I mean, absolutely, I think that therapy can change the way we relate to each other. But I don't think you have to necessarily be in therapy. I think it could, sometimes just reflection can be useful, noticing, how do I do this? How do I feeling these situations do I keep feeling the same way in these situations maybe it's me not them yeah you know
0: but my so my learnt experiences that I bring with me can often well I bring them with me yeah so if I if I don't feel safe enough to connect with you because that's my life experience then it's not going to suddenly change yeah yeah
1: yeah, it's not going to suddenly change here unless something enables it. Yeah. And in therapy, the therapist is holding all of that. You know, the job is to connect. So we're noticing, you know, as a the therapist, you're noticing yeah. what's stopping the connection, what's what's going on between us that makes this difficult. Yeah. But in life, that's not how it goes, is it? No. You just back off.
0: Yeah. So there's a link between our own life experiences... And our capacity to connect and our capacity to allow others to connect. What do you need to have to allow that connection to happen?
1: I just think it's about openness, about willingness, something about ex- openness to the experience. Yeah. So it's something, it's something about the opposite of fear, I, I don't want to say courage, because that sounds a bit... You know, I think yeah. it's a tricky word, courage. But, but perhaps the, the um, opposite of fear is to do with being openness. Fear, I think, closes things down, creates um, a sense of defensiveness. Mm. Whereas if, if you want to connect with people, you have to have an openness to the, to the experience, to that experience, to being with the other person.
0: So what do you require...
1: For that openness. For that
0: openness.
1: Well, you see, that's an interesting question because I wouldn't say that I'm somebody who naturally is massively open. Right. I think I do a very good job of pretending that I'm open. (laughs) And often I'm quite closed. And I think I find things like intimacy quite difficult. Right. But I think I also am... um, For me, other human beings are the absolute stuff of life. So I have to do something to push myself um, into into that experience. I am interested in other people. It requires um, it requires something around being willing to take a risk. I think
0: with what?
1: With all the things that hold you back. Like rejection. <laughs> yeah, not being liked. <laughs> yeah, painful, all those painful things. Not being liked uh, rejection, shame that's a horrible feeling yeah there's something about can i tolerate those things
0: or, or at least the potential of them or
1: oh, the potential of by them by being yeah.
0: open and yeah.
1: taking this risk and taking this risk and you know people have experiences that mean that those things the experience of those things are very real and very big mm. so that becomes harder then but those are the things you have to be willing to to risk mm. I think, in being able to connect to other people. It's difficult, isn't it, that first step forward? Mm. I want to be your friend. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's like school.
0: Yeah, because the potential is there to be rejected. Yeah. And then ridiculed. Yeah. And then left out. Yeah. Yeah. And had your finger poked at you and told yeah. that you're stupid.
1: All of those things, or laughed at, or yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. You're you're totally giving the power to the other person, aren't you?
1: Mm. And that's re- the thing about power and vulnerability. In saying I want to, you're you're making yourself vulnerable.
0: Yeah. So so again, I know this is kind of a stupid question. So what do you have to bring with you to be open? To risk the ridicule and the shame and the rejection and still be okay.
1: So, uh, there's lots of different answers to that. People would put it differently. I think ego, strength, all of that stuff, which is quite hard to relate to. Basic, basic belief that you're okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, or at least okay enough.
0: Yeah. To take a couple of knocks. To take a
1: couple of knocks and not be made to, you know, to think I can never... I can never go out again. There's something, isn't there, about um, resilience, the resilience of, of if you have your heart broken to be able to go and try again or, you know... Yeah. ..which is difficult. Yeah. So I think there is something about liking yourself a bit, enough to be able to tolerate it if someone else isn't very nice. Yeah.
0: So to allow... So to be part of creating the potential for connection... Yeah. You have to be okay enough with yourself... To know that it might not work out. And that's okay.
1: Because it's not... It doesn't mean you're rubbish. Yeah. It just means that didn't work out. Yeah. Which is easy to say, I think.
0: Yeah. What about when we connect to the idea of strangers... Like if we see a story on telly or something on the news touches us and, and we respond you know, and we feel connected enough to that person to give money or, or do something about it or I'm gonna go and say hello to the neighbor next door because I think she might be lonely like that lady on the telly. How is that possible that, that these aren't real people? It's a fictional story. That's not a real person. What's happening there for us?
1: Well, so people talk about that as being empathy, don't they? Yeah. So I think that that, (laughs) that's about um, how we... It tells us something about ourselves. So I don't think empathy is us um, understanding or knowing about somebody else's story. I think it's about how somebody else's story resonates with us and tells us something about ourselves. So this is also important in connecting always. There's something about how do you make me feel? It it does something to my understanding of myself. It shifts something in me, but that is about links to sadness, my own sadness, my own vulnerability, my own fears, maybe. Yeah. And that's why I think that vulnerability is a huge... Link for human beings. I think we're much more drawn to people who allow us to feel safe in the bits of ourselves we find frightened or difficult. Or
0: so why do I? Why do I get up and see and check that the old lady next door is okay?
1: Oh, is that because you would hope that that would be? Some fears that for of your me. own loneliness. Fears of your own abandonedness? I think so. I mean, I think it's also possible to care about other people. I don't think it's as straightforward as, oh, we're all really, you know, kind of Richard Dawkins, we're all really selfish. Yeah, the
0: selfish gene.
1: Because there is something about all of those things we fear and then seeing it in somebody else and then being able to relate to their experience, being able to want to do something different. And in a way, who... Does it
0: matter if it's selfish or not? Do you know? I
1: mean, there's
0: something about... See, it's interesting because the the full phrase, this thing that I'm kind of deliberately digging around in, is we care for human connection.
1: Okay.
0: That's the complete sentence. Okay. That's the purpose. So caring for human connection... Yes. ..is interesting because because it kind of says... It activates me, or I'm active in this.
1: That is the whole idea of the object-seeking baby, that we are absolutely primed to seek the other in order to get what we need. Yeah. Um, You know, it's a two-way street. Yeah. And the other is seeking us for the same reason, and we do this thing to be able to be okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And if we can't do it, and we can't be with other people, and we can't make those connections... We're not
0: okay. So there's a... I like the word primed rather than programmed. Yeah. We're almost set up to reach out.
1: Yeah.
0: To reach out for that human connection.
1: Something about being able to hold on to possibility or be able to hold on to hope, and in order to do that, you have to be willing to somehow invest in the reaching out, not in the being met, not in the, you know, there's the, the something about if I can keep doing this thing,
0: mm.
1: if I can keep believing that somebody will, but I think that's, I think that's difficult.
0: Mm. Nobody said it was going to be easy.
1: I think it's a huge subject. Yeah, it is yeah. a huge subject. Yeah.
0: So in this rich territory, what are the key thoughts that Augustus highlighted? First, the desire to connect is a fundamental one. We're primed as humans to seek connection. And when we experience it, it's exciting. We feel met. We feel less alone. We feel more than just ourselves. But to be healthy, she says, means that in those times when it's not there, we're okay. That enjoying being alone, I know I do sometimes, is okay. But if we feel entirely alone, that's an isolating and vulnerable place to be. When we want to invite or create that sense of connection one of the things we can do is to let what someone says affect us and to let them know how that feels to really say what we mean to let our experience of the other person be part of the conversation because then they feel heard and seen and as augusta puts it they feel met and that's rare And that takes openness, something some of us find easier than others. For some of us, we have life experience that means we don't feel safe enough to be open. But Augusta's point is that even if we're not naturally that way, then just a curiosity about others can help. And our capacity to take a risk in that direction is helped by a basic belief That we're okay in ourselves. And then her point about feeling connected with people we don't know. Maybe what's happening is that we're learning something about ourselves. Our own vulnerabilities. Our own hopes. Or maybe we're just caring for others. And there's nothing wrong in that. (laughs) And lastly, that connection is a two-way street. In a way... We're both reaching for each other. Before I finish talking to Augusta, I wanted to ask a question that seemed almost too obvious to bring up. But I'm glad I did. We haven't spoken particularly about, just quickly, we haven't spoken about physical connection, have we?
1: No, because I'm a therapist. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) you don't do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A couple of people I interviewed and I said almost at the end, I so said, what, what are you missing most about being in isolation? And it was two guys as well. They both said, individually, two different people, said, I just really want a hug.
1: Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. And that's definitely been true for clients. Interestingly, more my male clients than female clients, Really. But Not entirely, but yes, yeah. the desperate need for a hug. And actually, the lifting, the initial lifting, and still the lifting of lockdown... With this two meters or one yeah. meter, there's this experience of the of the missing. Yeah, I can be near somebody, but I can't get what I need, which is so painful. I think, you know, it's it almost was,
0: worse than not seeing anybody. Oh, it, yeah,
1: it, yeah. And I've definitely heard people say to me, "I can't, I don't want to see anybody because all I'll feel is that I want a hug, and I can't have it." Yeah. And I think people are hugging each other, regardless yeah. that actually. It's so important to being alive, to feel.
0: Well, it's the wordless connection, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's, a, it's absolutely embodied, isn't it? When somebody it's, hugs yeah. you, it feels like love.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Human connection. It feels like love. Great. Listen, thanks for your time. That's
1: a great pleasure.
0: Has it been OK? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's been really interesting yeah, and good. Great.
0: Thank you ever so much. Thanks for listening.